Today, we celebrate Palm Sunday. It was a Sunday that Jesus made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. A week later, something else would happen, which leaves time for pause and consideration of what really was going on to begin with. So today I, I want to speak to you from this topic, simple faith or fickle faith. The choice is yours. Would you say that with me? Simple faith or fickle faith, the choice is yours. Now, let me talk to you about simple. Everybody say simple. When we talk about simple, we're talking about something. The word simple literally means uncomplicated and easily understood. Would you say that with me? And easily understood. So, you know, a lot of times people use that phrase as trying like to, you know, throw off on somebody. Oh, they're just simple. That's right. I'm uncomplicated and easily understood. But fickle, on the other hand, fickle's definition is this changing frequently especially in regards to a person's loyalties interests or affection how many of you've ever met someone that was fickle don't be pointing fingers so when we talk about fickle let let me give you a now think about it fickle means changing frequently and especially in regards to loyalties, interests, or affections. So a fickle person can go from wanting to be a writer, lawyer, doctor, and truck driver all in one afternoon. Fickle, the fickle people, their favorite football team is the one that goes to the Super Bowl and wins constantly changing you know and and then if you if you take a fickle person to a dance that doesn't mean they're going to be going home with you let somebody compliment their eyes their hair or their dress and you may be looking for another date because of people's fickleness everybody saying fickle i thought about the fact that we've had problem with fickle faith all the way back to the Garden of Eden in the very beginning. Think about it. So we're going to contrast fickle with simple. God makes a beautiful place where you can eat freely of all the trees except one. You don't have to dig a garden. You don't have to hoe weeds. You don't have to fertilize you don't even have to run a sprinkler system it's all built in everything's happening and God's created it to do that and it's a wonderful life man I mean you know God you're in communion with God don't anybody get excited about that I'm talking about can you fathom Walking with God, taking a walk. You know, Debbie and I go on walks, and I love your company, honey, but man, if God, if I could hang out with God, 
go on a walk with God. And you say, well, we do that all the time. Yeah, but not like they did. I'm talking about, you know, not just me looking up and talking to the Lord. I'm talking about looking beside me, you know. And, and, and then he's, and, and relax. How many of you like cool breezes and hot summer? Oh, man. Whenever you walk with God, it said that he would come walking with them in the cool of the day. And so it was a refreshing time and a wonderful time. And they threw it all away because they got fickle. Everybody say fickle. What do you mean they got fickle? Well, someone showed attention to them other than God. And when, it, when they did, they lost their loyalty. You remember Genesis 2, or rather Genesis 3, starting with verse 1, it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees of the garden? He's setting her up. Did God not say you must not eat from all the fruit of the trees of the garden? Eve responds, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open, and as soon as you eat it, you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. And Eve got fickle. Eve started thinking about, I could be like God. You ever, well, maybe I don't want to say this. You ever date somebody, and all of a sudden, they found somebody that had a cooler car than you had or a little bit more money to spend than you had and all of a sudden they not paying attention to you anymore or you girls ever date some guy that got more stuck on himself than he was stuck on you and all of a sudden he sees somebody else and he thought well I'm going to go pleasure them with my company fickle it robbed them and took them away from the presence of God. But what about simple faith? Well, you can do is look at a guy, he's related to Adam, his name's Enoch. And the Bible said that Enoch was and he was not, for God took him. God took him where? God took him home. <laughs> you ever find somebody you want to take home and meet your dad? <laughs> You ever find, and, and here's his testimony. His testimony is simple. He pleased God. Not that he parted water, not that he, 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 he commanded lightning, but he pleased God. Do you understand how easy it is to please God? Oh, man, it's quiet in here. How, let me ask you, how easy is it, every parent in here, how easy would it be for your children to please you? How, what would your children need to do to please you? <laughs> be, oh, be, just do what you're asked to do. I mean, how hard can that be? Simple, right? I remember standing in a fair, and I was going to watch this lady turn into a gorilla. 
and I had a, I'm serious, I had a front row seat. And they had this, this uh, fence out, and it said, do not touch 50,000 volts. I did it. I mean, think about it. All I had to do was stay away, but I got to thinking, they wouldn't have 50,000 volts hooked up to this fence, not with these people crowding up like this. That can't be right. And like I was going to touch it real quick and not be affected by it. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to divide your loyalty. He's trying to get you to embrace fickle faith instead of simple faith. Somebody say fickle. When you take a look at Saul, the first king, and Saul is called by God, right? And he's anointed and he's given instructions. Everybody say instructions. How many of you guys ever get something and put, you go to put it together and you don't read the directions? Hold, hold your hand up. Go on, confess it. You, every one of you, hold those hands up. Go on, hold it up. I do the same thing. I, and it's like, and, and then, and, and I, never, I, I was putting, man, I spent time putting this cabinet together, and I thought, oh, it looks good. And when I went to close it, it wouldn't close right. And I realized I had reversed some hinges. They were supposed to be on the outside, and I'd put them on the inside, or they were supposed to be on the inside, or I'd put them on the outside. And I could have avoided all that if I would have just done something simple. Read directions. God gives Saul simple directions. I want you to go destroy the Amalekites, wipe them completely out and everything they own. Get rid of them completely because of what they've done. Saul goes and he decides to keep all the animals, the good animals, he killed all the bad ones, but all the good animals he kept and he kept the king alive. And the Lord spoke to Samuel and he said, I'm sorry that I've ever called him to be king because he's not loyal to me. He's not following after me. Look at this in the very first, first Samuel 15 and 10. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. So Samuel goes and looks for Saul. And when Samuel finds Saul, the first thing that Saul says is he looks at him and he says, Hey, bless me, Lord. I, I've obeyed the Lord's command. You what? He said, I, I, I've obeyed his command. And Samuel looked at him and he said, Well, if you've obeyed his command, what is all this bleeding of sheep in my ears? He said, Well, we have, we, I mean, uh, the guys, they kept the best stuff, you know, but, but we're going to offer it to God. He, he said, Did you, Just stop a second. And let me tell you what God told me. He said, well, what God tell you? God told me that he was so disappointed in you that, he, that, that, that you won't obey him. And so he's taken the kingdom away from you. And he said, but I have obeyed the Lord. Somebody say, I have. You ever have a child try and pull that on you? There were five of us. Somebody spilt milk on the rug. Dad questioned each one of us, and somebody lied about the event. 
it was my brother. You thought it was going to be me, right? See, you think I'd tell it if it was me? So he, Paul had spilled the milk, but he denied doing it. All he had to do was confess, and his father would have forgiven him. He would have said, you, you, you know, I've told you not to do that. But he, look, he was looking for confession. Saul wouldn't confess that he had done wrong. He said, I have obeyed the Lord. Samuel got questions him over it again. But I did obey the Lord. He keeps flying in the face of God. That's fickle faith when all of a sudden you can't even discern whether you're obeying God or not. You ever been there? Where all of a sudden something we know God doesn't want us to do and we do it anyway. Everybody say, you fickle thing, you. <laughs> and what God wants is to keep it simple, uncomplicated, easily understood. Recognize that I am a sinner that's been saved by grace that I can't save myself, I can't make it on my own, and my works won't save me. It's a gift from God. And all he's wanting me to do is embrace the gift and follow him, obey him. David found it simple enough, right? I mean, David goes out and he, when, when David is called on and, and David's done wrong and David's numbered the people and David looked at Bathsheba and then got with Bathsheba, David was always acknowledging his wrong and repenting from it and keeping it simple. When he numbered the people and an angel was about to destroy Jerusalem, David cried out to God and he said, don't make them pay for my sin. Let this be on me and my family. And God was moved by that. And so he told David, he said, you go and offer a sacrifice and Nacon's threshing floor and I'm going to stop this destruction and he runs down to Nacon's threshing floor to offer the sacrifice he's going to buy the threshing floor from the man and when he goes to buy it he tells him what he's going to do he said man I give you the property I'm going to give you the sacrifice and David said I will not offer God that which does not cost me our relationship with God ought to mean something to us our relationship with God ought to mean enough that we're willing to lay down what we want and embrace what he wants. After all, that's what Jesus did for us. He said, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But he, he forgot about what he wanted and said, nevertheless, your will be done. And so he embraced simple faith, and that simple faith had a powerful impact that changed my life forever. Keep it simple, not fickle. Isn't it odd how quickly we can change? How fast we change our minds? You ever, I, I've taken my, uh, we, every Thursday is an adventure day for our granddaughter. And I get amazed at how many times she can change her mind in the store. I want this, Papa. I said, okay, now you, you get one item. I said, I want, no, I, no, not that. I, I, I want this over here. I, and we'll go down the aisle a little. Oh, wait, wait, Papa, I don't want this. I, I want that. And so she's trying to make up her mind. Turn around, look at you. There, there used to be a song, I wish I could sing. There used to be a song that said, I got my foot on the rock and my mind made up. 
Debbie doesn't want me to sing. She said, come on, preach. <laughs> so you walk into Jerusalem on this day, the day we celebrate is Palm Sunday. And there's a crowd of people. I need some people real quick. Run, run up here. Here, grab that. Take that. I need some more people. Okay. Everybody fan me. Thank you. Oh, no, that's not what happened. I'm sorry. Okay. So all these people have these palms, and they lay them on on the ground. They're laying palms on the ground. Why are they laying them on the ground? For a king. Why would you lay palm branches on the ground? They didn't do it for everybody. They did it for royalty. Why? The palm branches kept the dust down. So they're laying, they've cut these palm branches, and it's to signify that he's royalty, and they're bringing it out to him, and he, they, they are hollering, Hosanna. Y'all need to practice that. It's Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And these people are, I mean, they are worshiping him, and he's, he's in town, and he's on top. Everybody say thank you. One week later. One week later, and they're not waving palms. They're ready to throw stones. One week later, they're not saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. They're crying out, crucify him and away with him. And when Pilate is trying to stop it, they won't listen. They're asking for a murderer to be released instead of Jesus. And he asked him, he said, why? He said, he's done nothing worthy of, 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 of being put to death. Why do you want this? They had no answer. They just kept shouting him down. Kind of sounds like where we're living at today, doesn't it? College campuses used to be a place for educated discourse. Now it's turned into a shouting match. If they don't agree, they shout you down. Why? People shout you down when they can't articulate an argument. They have no reason he should be put to death. So instead, they're allowing fickle faith to move them. They were praising him one week and crying out for his death the next week. But do you know what Jesus did that day when they crucified him? He kept it simple. And he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They're fickle. They don't have a clue. Thank you, guys. Would you? If you can take your palms with you. They lost out on what could have been their greatest moment. You see, fickle faith will not just rob you of your hope. It'll rob you of your salvation. But simple faith keeps it real. They should have had a conversation with that lady that had been to the doctor's office over the last 12 years and couldn't get any help. They should have been talking to her, and they talked to her. 
she let them know that your only hope is in him. She never met him, but she heard about him. And when he walked through the crowd that day and there was a multitude pressed against him, she said to herself, "If I," she kept it simple. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garments, I'll be made whole. It doesn't get much simpler than that, folks. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But she wasn't allowed in the crowd because of her problem. Isn't it odd how the devil will try and let you keep, let, talk you into allowing your problems to keep you out of the house of God? The devil tries to talk you into allowing what you're suffering through to keep you from finding the only help that can save you. So she decided that day, I'm not going to listen to the devil. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, I'm not listening to the devil. You say, devil, keep your mouth shut. In Jesus' name. Think about this man, Peter. Run up here a minute. Peter comes up to Jesus. and Pe- I'm not trying to hug you. Hang on. No. He comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus is telling about what's getting ready to happen to him. And Peter's faith is struggling. He, oh, he goes, oh, not so, Lord. None of this is going to happen to him. So he gets a hold of Jesus, grab me. And he says, that's not going to happen to you. That's not going to happen. A little louder. That's not going to happen. Get behind me. Say, whoa. Can you imagine Peter had walked with him for three and a half years and Jesus spun around, looked him in the eye and said, get behind me, Satan, because you savor the things of men and not of God. Why? Because Jesus was already wrestling with not wanting to go through with this. Thank you, Ray. Do you understand simple faith doesn't mean that we don't wrestle. Simple faith means we believe regardless of what's going on around us we believe and so in the garden when he prays he's saying lord not my will what's he saying he's saying i'm not going to i don't want this to happen but my faith is not fickle i'm not going to change my loyalty i'm not changing my my connection with you i'm not i'm not going to walk away from you not my will but thy will be done. I, I, if there's any way I can get out of it, I don't want to do it. But if this is what your will is, then here I am. You know, if we can learn how to be able to surrender ourselves to God and to trust whatever it is we're walking through, he's going to make sure we get through. He could have kept Daniel from the lion's den, but instead he chose to deliver him through it. Daniel wasn't alone in the lion's den. The next morning when the king came and said, Oh, Daniel, is the God that you serve continually able to deliver you out of, the li- out of the mouth of the lions? And Daniel shouted back and he said, Long live the king. God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. It's that simple that God is bigger than what we're facing.
And so that woman didn't listen to the crowd that day that would have pushed her out and kept her back. She focused on Jesus, and she began to press through that crowd. She may have had to crawl to get to him, but she finally got close enough that she touched the hem of his garment. And when she did, she felt it go through her. It moved her, and she knew she was healed. And Jesus knew something happened. And he stopped everybody. And he said, who touched me? It wasn't fickle faith that touched me. It was simple faith that touched me. Peter's looking at him, what do you mean who touched you? Man, everybody's touching you. No, you don't understand. I just felt power go out of me. Somebody touched me in a way that put a demand on heaven. Somebody touched me in such a way that it put a demand on the Spirit of God. And even though I wouldn't have my eyes focused on it, faith moved it. The woman saw what had happened and Jesus wasn't moving. He kept asking, who touched me? And she came to him trembling And she explained her dilemma. For 12 years, I've suffered bleeding. And I said, if I could touch the hem of your garment, I would be made whole. And it happened. When I touched you, I was immediately healed. And Jesus turned and he looks at her. Now watch what he says. He said, daughter, you go in peace. Because your faith has made you whole. Not your touching my garment. It wasn't you touching my garment that healed you. Your faith has made you whole. Simple faith. Not complicated and easily understood. For her faith said, if I touch him, I'll be made whole. You ever been there where all of a sudden simple faith rose up in your heart and you didn't care about anything else around you? You didn't care about the crowd or what everybody else was doing. You knew you needed him. And you made up your mind, I'm going to touch him. I walked out of here. Debbie was talking about the service they had yesterday. I'd been in here last night, and I was working on the computer for today's service. And I walked out, and as I was walking out, I got right about here. And I was on my way out, and when I got right about here, I felt him. It hit me, and I stopped dead in my tracks. And I began to pray, and I thought, God. And then all of a sudden, I tried to push forward, and I got about here, and he arrested me. And I threw my hands up and began worshiping him and loving him, and I felt him surrounding me. And then I thought about something later. I thought, why was I in such a hurry to get out of his presence? 
Why was, I, why was I trying to walk on out? And sometimes we get so busy and we, get, we got so much stuff going on that we forget how special and how powerful it is when we touch him, when simple faith, when all of a sudden we feel him arrest us by the power of his spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, just keep it simple. I don't want fickle faith. I, I don't want my mind changing every time I face a trial. I don't want to be second-guessing my walk with God because things aren't going my way. I want to get locked in. Simple faith. Six minutes to six, Grand Central Station in New York City. Lieutenant John Blandford is watching the clock as he waits to meet her. Six o'clock is a time scheduled, and he's going to meet a woman he loves and has never seen. It all started back over a year ago when he was at an army training camp, and a shipment of books came in. He checked one out called of human bondage, and as he started reading the book, he noticed someone had scribbled notes on the page, and he thought, man, I hate when folks do that. But he started reading those notes, and as he read those notes, the person that wrote them had such an insight into the heart and understanding of a man that he was taken back by it, and he flipped to the front of the book and saw who the book had belonged to, Miss Hollis Manel. He thought, I, I need to find out about this lady. So he got a phone book and found her name and got her address and wrote her a letter thanking her for the notes and how he was touched. He received a letter back. He was so excited, he thought, I, I want to meet her. But the very next day after he got her letter, he was shipped out active duty for the next 13 months he would continue writing Miss Hollis Minnell and she faithfully wrote him back he found herself opening up to this stranger that he felt like he'd known forever he talked to her about how that there were times that he was fearful when her reply letter came back it said well of course there are times you're fearful. All brave men are. That's why King David wrote the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. She wrote, John, the next time you have fear come on you like that and you begin to question yourself, I want you to hear my voice. I, I want you to imagine my voice reading this psalm to you. Just a few nights later, after receiving that letter, he was engaged in a horrific dogfight. Planes surrounded him, and the enemy got so close that he could see the grinning faces of the pilots across from him. And at first, he began to fear 
that this could be the end. And all of a sudden, he remembered the letter and he began to imagine her voice. And he could hear the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I found courage and strength I didn't know I had. And, and it seemed like my skills as a pilot began to increase, intensify, and he made his way through that fight. Now it's two minutes till six at Grand Central Station. And shortly, he will hear her voice for real. He turns, and when he turns, he sees a beautiful young lady walking toward him in a bright green outfit, and, and he looks at her, and he starts toward her, and she cut a smile at him and said, hey, soldier, going my way. And man, he, he started to take another step when he noticed no rose. See, they had made an agreement that they would identify each other in different ways she would wear a rose and he would carry the book that had brought them together from the beginning he had begged her to send him a picture and she said no because I don't want our relationship based on looks I want it to be deeper than that And so when he saw that beautiful girl and he took that step toward her he recognized no rose and then when he looked past her, he saw Miss Hollis Manel, a robust lady with gray hair tucked underneath a well-worn hat, her feet thrust into low-ankled shoes, and she wore a single rose on a rumpled brown lapel on her coat. And he, for a moment, he found himself torn the urge to go after the pretty young thing was so strong. But he turned and he thought, no, it won't be love. But it'll be something valuable, a friendship that I'll cherish for a lifetime. And so as the young lady went scurrying away, he straightened himself, squared his shoulders, and approached Miss Hollis Minnell, he held out the book to identify himself, saluted, and said, I am Lieutenant John Bradford, or Blandford, and you are Miss Hollis Minnell. I'm so happy to meet you. May I take you to dinner? She grinned at him awkwardly, and she said, Son, I, I don't know what this is all about. He said, But that young lady that just passed in the green outfit begged me to wear this rose and said that if you stopped and asked me to go out, that I was supposed to tell you that she's waiting for you across the street in that big restaurant. <laughs> if he had been fickle, he would have lost her forever because she would have never identified herself. She wanted someone that loved her for who she was in her heart not from the outside. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son because he loved you deeply. 
from inside his heart. And he's looking for something very simple. The same type of love. The same type of commitment. One that says, I'm yours forever, no matter what. Would you stand with me today? Would you say it with me? Just keep it simple. Not fickle. Simple. Here's a challenge for us, and let's be honest. We've all wrestled with fickle faith before. When we found ourselves in circumstances that we didn't quite understand, and there was a part of us that maybe for just a moment thought about walking away. Maybe for a season we wrestled with trusting God because after all, if he loved me, how could he let this happen? Job's faith was very simple. When he lost every one and everything. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to give up. And I may not have the answer now, but I will one day. And this I know, I know he loves me. I know he cares for me, and I know I'm going to make heaven my home. So if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I want to keep it simple. I've wrestled at times with my feelings. I've wrestled with my emotions, but I want to make a commitment to God to just keep it simple. I want you to come and wave your palm before him right now. Would you do it? As we take a moment, you're in here and you say, I'm committing to God today that no matter what happens, I will not walk away. Would you come right now? Would you just come and stand with me? Robert, I want you to come down here. Many of you don't know Robert. Robert's been with us for few years now we they lit one of the advent candles this past year and talked about their coming to the church his wife was just a little girl in my youth group years ago and I was about 18 years old 19 years old and they found their way back here she said she wasn't going any place and got online one day and saw us online streaming. Somebody say, thank God for the stream. (laughs) And they started coming. And Robert has dealt with health issues in and out of hospitals and hearing bad reports. One thing Robert's never done, to my knowledge, when I've talked to him, he never has. Robert's never given up. 
Roberts never thought about letting go of his faith and saying, what's the point in trying? And he still stands here today. God has kept him. I think God can heal him, don't you? He's able to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And Job just made his mind up. It doesn't matter what happens, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me today? baby on the stage just a few weeks ago and for almost five years over four years parents believing for a miracle didn't seem like there was any hope they had more bad news than they had good news but all it takes is one moment in the presence of God and that moment came and it changed everything and that baby's healed today All it takes for you is one moment in his presence. Just one moment of you making your mind up, I'm not walking away. I'm not giving up. I don't care what I'm facing. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I am going to keep it simple and let the devil know, you can't have me. Come on, why don't you say that with me right now? You can't have me. As you raise those hands to heaven with me right now, I need some guys to get up here with me, stay with me for just a second. As you, as you, you sing, I, I, I'm not going to keep you long, but I, I need to follow after the Lord here. Just stretch your hands to heaven with me. God, sing it, Debbie, sing it.
to dancing and our sorrow into joy. People look sometimes and they think, well, what are you so happy about? You don't know where I came from. You don't know where I've been. But today I know where I'm going. <laughs> I know where I'm going. And I am going to trust Him. Ten men stood in his presence. Ten men were healed when they walked away, but only one turned around to come and thank him. One remembered what it was like. One turned around to give praise. I want to be that one, don't you? I want to be the one to praise him. asking for a healing touch right now. I, I know it doesn't matter what doctors have said. We don't disqualify them. We don't discount them. We thank you for them. But you have the last word. And you are a great physician. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. experience it or to see him move and work there was I, I, I don't know what you tell me your name Heather and I, when I looked back at you I saw there had been like a cloud of depression that had been hanging over your life and it's time for that to leave yes. now yes. he he alone is able to do it remember when he got on that boat and that storm was raging and they were scared to death and he just said that's enough peace be still today God's saying it's enough 
it's enough. It's, it's time for him to leave. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. probably in some friends you have and they like you one day and they're mad at you the next day or they and, and it's it's such a nerve-wracking way to live your life but there's a simple faith it's uncomplicated and easily understood he loves you that's not complicated he gave his life for you that's easily understood, even though I feel like I wasn't worthy. And there's not a devil in hell big enough to keep him away from you. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now, I want you to just say this with me, Lord. Let my faith be simple. I want to trust you with all my heart. Church, would you stretch your hands to heaven? Father, I thank you for glory today. Sunday where they declared Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I'm going to keep proclaiming it. Next week, my story's not changing. My mind's not changing. I'm holding on to him because he has held on to me. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now? Just raise your hands to heaven with me. 
Thank you, God. Thank you. Several years ago, I'm going to let you go right after. Several years ago, I was 15 years old. I had money in the bank. I went to go in and make a withdrawal. I was going to buy a set of drums. When I read in, went in, that was, you know, before digital and all this stuff. I went in and I had to fill out a withdrawal slip. I filled out the withdrawal slip, slid it across the counter, and the lady looked at the withdrawal slip. She looked at me. And she came back and she said, uh, the signature on this slip doesn't match the signature in the account. We can't give you this money. Do you think I just turned around and walked out? I looked at her and I said, give me another slip and I'll sign it again. That's my money and I'm getting it out. We allow the devil to intimidate us, tell us what we can't have, what we can't do, when all the time God has an account with our name on it. Paul makes a statement in the book of Philippians when he talks about, I'm not trying to, when he, he talks about the giving and receiving, he said, I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you because I want, now watch his wording here. He said, so that there's fruit in your account. You can't draw out what you don't put in. So you have to make an investment in your relationship with God and the kingdom. And when you make that investment and you act in simple faith, there are times in your life when things get rough and guess what? You get to go to God and say, I need a withdrawal. I, I, I need, I, I made some deposits. I, I've worshiped you. I've trusted you. I've kept it simple. And I'm here to get a withdrawal. I need your help right now. Pastor, you really think that works? It worked for Oral Roberts. He's the one that told me about it. He was sitting in a hospital and he had a mass and they were looking at it. They had it on a sonogram. They were looking at it and they said, we're going to have to operate. They stepped out of the room to, to talk with the other doctors. Oral said, I started praying. He said, God, he said, I have made deposits into the kingdom and into my account. He said, I don't want an operation. I'm an older man. I don't want an operation. He said, I'm asking you right now. I need to make a withdrawal, God. I, I, I need one right now. They came back in the room, looked on the screen, and it was gone. It was gone. My God, it's more than enough. Yes, it is. 
keep it simple. I'm, I'll leave the rest for next week. Oh, okay. She's got something here. She brought this to the, for the church. church. Right? Okay. So we're going to unwrap it. Something you made, right? Okay. Something she made. She's keeping I don't it simple. Think, I don't think it's brownies. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, wait a minute. It's upside down. There we go. Isn't that beautiful? Give her a big hand, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Turn around, look at your neighbor, take him by the hand. Say this with me. It's really not that hard. Let's, let's just keep it simple. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.